we spoke last time of Shakti. Shakti is the consciousness force of the Supreme Being. It is not merely a force, but it is a consciousness force. Consciousness as force. In the Sanskrit originals is more expressive. It is called Chit Shakti. Now this power, the Divine Mother, as it's called in the Indian tradition, brings out out of the oceanic being of the Supreme, whatever calls to be manifested, the being contains innumerable truths, but the will is to manifest certain truths and Shakti gets into the movement organizing this manifestation. And this Shakti, consciousness force, takes various poises in the course of our work. There is a transcendent poise above all creation, linking it with the supreme unmanifest. Because above all that is manifest, there is something unknown, unmanifest. So the transcendent mother links what is manifested the creation with the unmanifest. The next voice of the Mother, Divine Mother, is universal. She is called Mahashakti, the great power. There are many universes, there are many worlds. But each world has its own Mahashakti. And the one Mahashakti places herself as so many Mahashaktis, conducting, supporting, leading each world. That is called the Universal Mahashakti. She has also an individual voice. An individual voice where she centers her consciousness within an individual frame for purposes of work and she links the human to the divine nature. With this background, you have to follow Thus, the Munishaktis, the universal Mahashakti of our universe, 
our universe of seven planes of existence, of which the material, the terrestrial, is the lowest, Satchidananda the highest. This Mahashakti emanates from herself, puts out from her being four major powers with distinct lines of action for purposes of this manifestation. You are all familiar with the four names of these powers called worshipped as the goddesses, the deities. The first one is the Maheshwari. Above the thinking mind, having a large wisdom, comprehension, calm, serene, full of compassion, laying down the large lines on which the movement is to go on. That is Maheshwar. Vastness, comprehension, compassion. These are characteristics. To make that will effective, eliminate all obstruction, there is the second emanation, the second power, the Mahakasa. Mahakali is a voice where the divine Shakti is an impetuous, powerful, irresistible movement, breaking down everything that obstructs, reaching the strength where it is needed, and achieving as what Shirovindra says, things in a day, what would normally take ages to achieve. She is Mahakali. One, not to be confused with Kali, I will come to it later. The third one is Mahalakshmi, the power of harmony. Beauty, love, order, rhythm. She is full of delight, full of beauty, and where she is present, there is always a flow of joy. Harmony and sweetness. Where there is ugliness, disharmony, meanness, violence, she will not linger. That is Mahalakshmi, she has her own demands. And the fourth one is Mahasaraswati. 
the goddess of the power of work, of perfection in detail, closest to the human beings. She is the most suffering and she is very exact in detail. All haphazard work, clumsiness, ignorance, and what's here in the cause, upper prey, almost done, almost done. She despises. She insists on completing all the work as perfectly as possible. She is the power of perfect perfection. Now, these four powers of on whom she has written a very classic book. To sum up the characteristics, one is her personality of calm wideness and comprehending wisdom and tranquil benignity and inexhaustible compassion and sovereign and surpassing majesty and all ruling greatness. That is Maheshwar. Another embodies the power of splendid strength and irresistible passion. Her warrior mood, her overwhelming will, her impetuous swift, swiftness and world-shaking force. The third is vivid and sweet and wonderful with a deep secret of beauty and harmony and the fine rhythm, her intricate and subtle opulence, her compelling attraction and captivating grace. The fourth of fifth, with a close and profound capacity of intimate knowledge and careful, flawless work, and quiet and exact perfection in all things, wisdom, strength, harmony, Perfection are their respective attributes. What is interesting to note, which is generally missed, is that this flow of the divine Shakti in four streams of consciousness and force corresponds to four soul types in the world. There is the type in humanity which seeks wisdom, knowledge and all life is organized around the pursuit of knowledge. There is another type which is valorous, forceful, heroic, Always up to achieve. That is the second type. The third type is suited to organization, production, increase of wealth, increase of everything. And the fourth type, soul type, is service, work. Always disposed to work, 
That is the first step of getting over the grip of tamas. Now these four times, generally known as the Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya and Shudra, they are collective descriptions. But in each individual, all these core impulses are there. Each one of us has a path. That is a bit of knowledge. That has strength to achieve, wants to perform. Another part which wants to increase, which wants to organize, which wants to relate oneself to everybody. And the fourth is work. So, whether in the individual or in the collectivity, there are these four aspiring powers from below, from earth consciousness. And to fulfill their aspirations, to support and second them, they are the four streams, divine streams. Maheshwari representing wisdom and knowledge, Mahakali representing strength, Mahishku, Mahalakshmi representing beauty and harmony, and Mahasaraswati, perfection in work. Now these are the main, these are the main powers that are at work in this universe to fulfill the divine will for manifestation. Each one puts out number of emanations, minor emanations, major emanations, for particular work, for particular missions. And these emanations are precisely what are worshipped as bodies. For instance, Saraswati is not Mahasaraswati. Kali is not Mahakali. Lakshmi is not Lakshmi. They are all respective emanations of the original powers carrying out the behest of their mother power. So, it will not do to say that the goddesses and the deities that are worshipped are not true. They are. But none of them is supreme. They are emanations. Having said this, what's the relevance of their mention in our study of the mother? Here, the mother could embody all the four major powers in herself. She did not have to make any effort to invoke a particular power according to the need of the moment. Maheshwari or Mahakali or Mahalakshmi, that would come to be heard. And that accounts for 
are changing the appearance. Those of us who have seen her closer quarters, in the beginning we are always intrigued. Mother is different in the morning, mother is different in the noon, mother is different in the evening. Whether it is our own imagination, we used to ask ourselves. When somebody asked her about them, and say, she has many personalities and the body is plastic enough to express something of each when it comes forward. It was natural to me. That is why Sri Aurobindo presented her to the world as the Mother Divine because she of all she alone could embody at the same time in herself all these four major powers. It is not that she started manifesting them after the long process of sadhana and yoga. No. From her childhood. There is the famous uh, incident that when she was seven years old <clears throat> in her school there was a boy who was a bully. He was harassing girls, maltreating them and the other girls looked up to Mira, that was her name, to help them. There she told, went and told the boy not to misbehave himself. She was seven, mind you. But the boy was hefty. But he would miss some natural And then she just lifted him in her arms and threw him up. Everybody was amazed. How this little girl could do that? Recalling it, mother said, it was the action of the Mahakali folk. As far as we know, that is the first instance when the Mahakali force manifested in her when she was seven. She could effortlessly Call down any of the incarnations at will. Whenever there were festivals, say Durga, what is it called? There is a fest, Navaratri, when the goddess Durga is worshipped and invoked all over India. Whenever she came down for blessings, that Durga would be present. It would not be the normal sweet mother smiling and all. She would wear an appropriate dress. I believe it was red. And everybody could feel the vibrations of her. Similarly, on what we call in the north, the poverty and uh, in Bengal, Kali Puja, she would have the Mahakali aspect. 
they will be just present. And speaking of Durga, you would be interested to know that though not in the beginning, later she used to attach importance to give blessings on that particular day and in the ashram after particularly the children and the school started it had a sort of collective aspect music, singing all these things so when Oroville was formed some of the Inuits in their newfound enthusiasm for Indian traditions, Indian customs, Indian names, they wanted to observe Durgashtami, the day of Durga. Naturally, Mother had declared that is not going to be religion in Moreover. One, another inmate, he protested. He is no more alive. He was a priest before he came here. He said, I will hold Mass if you hold the Durga. So I was asked, to ask mother what is to be done. Both were right. They wanted this and she said, I will do it this way if you are going to practice revision. So mother said, it is very interesting. Yesterday, because this is the week of Durga, Durga appeared before me and I asked her, why do you want to be worshipped? She had no answer. Then I said, you surrender to the Lord. And she said, well. So, Durga does not want worship anymore. That's the message you convey to them. But that, I'm illustrating this, the facility with which she could communicate the different deities, become a channel as it were. That was remarkable. She was not only conversant, not only in communication, but also if she could control the activities of these deities, of these goddesses, powers. The major powers don't need her control or regulation because she embodied that. But the, like Kali, for instance, she records that one day, it was in 19 during the First World War, sometime in that time. When she was, she was at that time living in the house where our archives department is functioning today. She was sitting in the veranda 
looking, meditating with open eyes, looking at chair windows room, the guest house. And she said, with her open eyes, she saw Kali was dancing in a frenzy. So she paid attention and asked, why, with wild joy, Kali said, Paris is falling. Instinctively, mother said spontaneously, no, Paris will not be taken. And she said it with such force that the next day, at that time there was no radio, there was no TV. So it came in a dispatch, which was hung on the doors of the government house. At that time, the French governor was there. That it had been decided by the French government not to defend Paris. All the doors were open. And the advancing German armies are coming to know that Paris is not going to be defended. They suspected there is some ambush. And they retreated. And then it was that the French armies fell upon them and won a major victory. So this mother's will that Paris shall not be taken. Before that, Kali could not do anything. Similarly here, about 30 years ago, 28 years perhaps, there was an artificial agitation the local population, some of the local sections of population, it was called anti-Hindi agitation. We were wrongly supposed to be sponsors of Hindi and all the rowdies gathered, they came with huge stones, a troll and started burning things. They stood near the mother's room down and threw a huge stone which struck the wind glass, the window pane where Champatwar was sitting and mother was just taking food. Mother left the food as it is and I believe for three quarters of an hour she was just silent, doing nothing. Nobody could ask her what to do. She was concentrated. Afterwards she explained that she took a lot of time to control Kali, convince Kali that she should not do further damage. It was an action of Kali who was dissatisfied with what was going on and mother said, if there were not so many pockets of impurity in our ashram, the story would have been different. These are one or two instances that I illustrate. That it is only a person of her stature who had occult power, spiritual knowledge, that could control 
that could understand, enter into spirit of what was going on, and there are many other instances which perhaps we will come to in the course of our study. There was another experience that is many of you know, most of you, that my guide and teacher was Sri Kapari Shastriya. His guru was on Vasishta Ganapati Muni, an example poet, a great yogin, never knew a word of English, but he was a master of Sanskrit. And when he visited our ashram in 1928, and mother saw him, mother gave him two interviews. And mother said, after meditation, meditation with him, that she had never meditated with anybody for half an hour who could go as deep as she went. There was no obstruction. And she said, if in the blessings pranam hall, when people were sitting for blessings, when he entered, all the hostiles would run away. He had that presence and that spiritual apparatus. Now, there is a record of his interview. In the first interview, it is noted, it is all the diary record of a close disciple of his, which I would secure and I published in my Satsang volumes. Now, first interview, Nayana's experience of meditation is that whilst usually he used to feel the current emerging through his head, he then felt the external current was very perceptibly falling on him from all sides when he was sitting with mother. In second interview, mother asked him, do you wish to talk to me anything? Yes. And he spoke about his intuitions regarding our of two deities, Shakambari and Yogeshwar, and that he recognized the mother as Shakambari and himself as Ganapati, that means her son. And when Nayana said they were his intuitions, mother seems to have said, no. They are much more than intuitions. They are divine revelation. Even before Nayana talked of incarnation, she first said, now there are three great masters, not only for me, but for the whole world. They are Sri Raman Maharshi, Sri Aurobindo, and the mother. Mother replied, no, I am no master, but only mother. Nayana said, you are both. You supply dynamic current. The very first day, you pass the current into me. You are also the master. When Nayana was expatiating on Shakambari, that is the deity, mother seems to have suddenly closed her eyes 
and fell into a trance. And I was closely observant. And he described that he saw a bright light emerging through her toe. And there was a halo of light around her. And the emerging current from all parts of the body was distinctly visible to the naked eye. And for the time, the entire room was surcharged with electricity. Mother opened her eyes after 10 minutes. Now this was the experience of one who was very conversant, who was an adept in different branches of knowledge and yoga. He was not a disciple. But he could recognize and there is a visible proof that there were so many personalities in her. Not only the major four, but others also could manifest through her. And the last incident I would relate to you was after in 1960, February 29, the first anniversary of the descent of the supplemental force, Mother had issued instructions that when she came down to give blessings, give a medal, nobody should touch her. She would just give the blessings without touch. Naturally, the whole atmosphere was charged <coughs> and she came and sat. The queue started coming. Then one person, God knows why he did it in spite of instructions, maybe in curiosity, he touched her hand and immediately he fell down unconscious. She could do nothing. Because something else was working and it was the supramental shaft. So the supramental shakti also would manifest through her. So in the speaks of how the shakti at different levels manifests for different purposes. But she was the one whom we know in our lifetime. Who could be the channel for a simultaneous manifestation of these shaktis at different levels? That is why Sri Aurobindo designated her as the Divine Mother. I spoke of four major powers. Both Sri Aurobindo and Mother speak of another power. Even this needs another powers. But of that we will take in the next session.